With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. I'm winging it in motion. Winging it. Welcome to another episode of WIM Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Peter, and this is really exciting. Uh, joining me, uh, it's, it's, a really, it's really fitting with the Red Wings starting with uh, so many rookies in the lineup at the beginning of the season. We have two first-time uh, guest panelists, I guess we could call, um, on the show. So joining us tonight, uh, first of all, is Sarah, a.k.a. Helmeroids. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And also joining us is Josh. How's it going, Josh? It's going pretty good. It's a uh, happy Halloween Eve here, so I'll just uh, wrap up all the trick-or-treaters and ready to go. Nice. Absolutely. So, so what was the best costume you saw? Oh, you know, it's funny. We, we moved here about a year ago. We get about 250 kids through. It's It's insanity, but there was... Uh, the most popular one today was uh, there was a lot of Paws Patrol. <laughs> there, ah, right? I okay. think that's what it's called, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so and, and actually, uh, before we started, uh, before we started recording earlier, we were talking, and um, I, I made the connection that so there's there's one, two, three of us, and we we write the uh, the occasional recap of the of the Red Wings season, and. Um, each one of us has written one victory recap, and we are the only three who have written a victory recap. So, kind of, kind of tells you how the season's going so far. Um, yeah, we. Um, so, so I was looking back, and in the last episode we did, we um, we, we haven't done one in a while. So, obviously, we're going to get back to uh, back to doing it much more regularly. But the last one we did was before the regular season even started. So, obviously, we're not going to be able to wrap, you know, talk about every single thing that happened. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the. The Red Wings' performance so far, kind of as a team, individually, et cetera, and then we'll kind of branch off into some more specific things. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how the team is done based on expectations, because going into the season, I don't think too many pundits had the Red Wings uh, penciled in for almost anywhere close to even a wild card berth. Uh, So the the expectation was that the team was not going to be good. Um, Obviously, with the loss of Henrik Zetterberg, that was – I mean, huge as, uh, as you know, uh, Mike Bremer had a really great article today on the site. Uh, you know, that was a huge blow to the team, which I, I think everybody knew was going to be bad. I think maybe we kind of underestimated just how bad, even though we thought it was going to be terrible. It's been yeah. really hard. Um, <laughs> so, so Sarah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you first. 
Um, so obviously the team has not been doing well in the standings, but how have they been doing compared to what you expected going into the season? That's really tough. Cause I, it was kind of all summer. I was trying to figure out what I was expecting because I just couldn't put my finger on it other than, you know, bad. There was that little piece of hope. <laughs> that was like Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be like the secret, like underdog, good team, Disney story. But I was pretty sure that wasn't going to be true, and then I knew it wasn't going to be true uh, when Zetterberg left. I can't say it. Um, I know. But yeah, so I I almost felt bad saying it because I knew how much it's going to hurt you. I know. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hanging up. Bye. (laughs) But I I admit I wasn't expecting the the Bruins Canadians back to back debacle. Uh, That was a little a little much, a little basement dwelling even even for my expectations. Um, I, I didn't think they would start off with all losses, though, either. So mm. in some ways, like as a team, I'd say they definitely were somehow lower than my lowest expectations. And I don't know if that means they were that bad or I'm just an optimist. I think it means they were that bad, mm-hmm. though. Um, you know, but I've obviously been thrilled that they've started kind of turning it around. You know, even that loss to the Lightning was like, all right, something's happening here. The guys are starting to to gel a little bit. You know, now they had to find somebody else to kind of rally around. And I'm sure we'll talk about Larkin a lot. Um, but I, I feel like it took him a couple of games to really try and find any way to patch the giant hole that Zetterberg left. And, and I feel like they're getting there now. So I'm, I'm, I have higher hopes for the next couple of weeks until they do something awful. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately it probably won't be too much longer. Uh, ho- hopefully not. Ho- ho- you know, hopefully it'll be it'll be a while uh, before we have to experience. But you know, like you said, that one-two uh, gut punch of those back-to-back games. Uh, I-, I definitely had flashbacks to um, last year's. Uh, I got to write the recap on the ten-to-one Montreal game. Oh, that which, was I, Yeah, yeah, that was that was <laughs> terrible. That that's easily the worst experience I think I've had since I joined the site. Um, <laughs> Like this is this is this is like soul sucking. Um, so, so okay, so so Josh, uh, in terms of like the overall team, uh, you know, same question. What what do you think about how the team has performed overall uh, compared to the expectations you had coming into the season? Right, and that, like you kind of started out with there. I think it's one of those seasons where everyone was kind of on the same page coming in that this was not going to be pretty. Um, I don't. I think even the the most optimistic of us didn't see a wild card berth here. That would be above anybody's expectation. So it's not that the expectations were, were too high or anything coming in. And, uh, you know, um, but being able to watch most of these games so far, um, you know, the results weren't there with the losses. But, you know, when they were playing some of these good teams, whether it was the Leafs or whoever else, you, you saw – Definitely some promising things, especially when the kids were in the lineup early. I think most people were excited to see that. Um, you know, like you guys were saying, the obvious exceptions were the the Habs and Bruins games, which I was fortunate enough to uh, get the Bruins recap on that one. And I think you can kind of, in reading it, you can sense my mood just sort of drop as the game kept going along. <laughs> and uh, it almost becomes comical towards the end. Um, I, I think I was scheduled for the Habs one originally too, but that uh, ended up not having to pick up that one, thankfully. <laughs> so it, that, that would have been that would have been a tough back to back. But with obviously those two exceptions, and I think you can even maybe say something like the Carolina one, where the score was close but the game was not all that close. They they've been very promising in keeping up with some of these good teams. Um, 
they you know they have lapses in the game, and that's kind of what separates this Wings team from good teams is good teams don't have those lapses, whereas the Wings tend to have at least one in every game. And you think to yourself, if you can cut out that five or ten minute chunk, this this would be an entirely different game. Unfortunately, obviously those are those are parts of the game necessary for them to get that turned around. But um, in terms of expectations, you know, I was excited to see as many kids in the lineup at the beginning of the season, obviously that was not expected until the injuries came about. Um, it's, it, it's nice to see a kid like Chalowski just performing so well and it's, and it's continuing. Um, Rasmussen being in the lineup, you know, the results other than I played well last night, haven't quite been there for him, but it, it's good to see him work through that. And I, you know, hopefully we see more and more of that as the season goes on. And in saying that those, those kids, I would say are living up to the expectations and you're seeing some, some development even in 10 games here. Hmm. Yeah, Sarah, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that, that you and I on Twitter, uh, we figured out what the turning point of, of, uh, of last night's game was when, uh, when, when Blasio did the pointing thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. for people who don't know what I'm talking um, yeah. about, uh, hopefully you follow Sarah on Twitter. If, if not, um, and Josh as well, obviously. Um, but you know, hopefully you follow Sarah on Twitter just because she's like the fun, well, like the, the funniest Red Wings Twitter person I can think of. And, uh, apparently if I remember correctly, your, uh, your feed stopped right in the middle of when he was like doing this really aggressive finger pointing <laughs> and, yeah, and, 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 my, and the team started playing freezing. better. Yeah. Yeah, like my <laughs> NHL TV was was trying to protect me from the uh, blowing the lead, but I wasn't having it. I kept coming back, and then it just froze on Blash with that super finger point he does. I mean, it's aggressive, and then it got like you said, it got more aggressive as soon as I hit go. But it, you know what? It worked. It got them going, and we yeah. won the game. So good job, me. <laughs> I was just thinking, man, how, how many doorbells does he go through? Um... So, uh, Josh, I wanted to come back to you for, for a follow-up because uh, we talked about, you know, the team, uh, uh, you know, performance compared to expectations. So what about on the player side? Like, can you give me, give me one person who has exceeded your expectations and one player who's been a disappointment, uh, and, and again, compared to what you expected, right? You know, some people coming in, right. you know, we're not really surprised that they're not playing that well. But, you know, you know maybe exactly. you expected this player to be a lot better. And yeah. Okay. Um let me see. I, I, in terms of exceeding expectation, you know, it's it. I had a high bar set, but even then, uh, Larkin is really, really taking on that that kind of not quite, but trying to fill that Zetterberg hole. It's just you know, you watch him shift to shift, just trying to will this team through some of these games, and you know, I it's hard to you don't see him with too many bad shifts, and it's. It's something that you know he's been working towards, but even with my high expectations for coming in him, him coming in, he's been he's been more than I expected for sure. Um, and then on the you know on the same side, I would also say Chalowski is an obvious choice there in terms of uh, you know I didn't even expect him to be in the lineup, let alone playing as well as he has. He's he's picking up 20 plus minutes a night, and he's looked good doing it. And I don't think anyone can really argue that one. Um, on the flip side, on the who's not living up, I mean, there's a lot of culprits there. Um, I know a lot of people like to look at Manta on production-wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll, they'll come. Um, 
what I would say is, is daily. I, it's just something about his play here. I mean, I wasn't expecting a ton. I was expecting kind of a middling defenseman. And he, I'd have to check the underlying numbers, but I just feel like bad things are happening when he's on the ice. Yeah, he's kind of taken a like a, a nosedive. Uh, you know, coming in last year, he he played. I would say okay. You know, some, sometimes he looked really good. Sometimes he just looked really terrible. Um, but this year, he definitely seems to have taken a really big step back. Uh, he seems a lot slower. Uh, he seems out of position all the time, which is really strange for you know somebody like him who's who's been around for a while. Um, so, Sarah, what do you think? Same thing. So, a uh, player who has exceeded your expectations and a player who has uh, gone the other way. Yeah, uh, I'd say a player that's exceeded my expectations, and it really started last season, was Tyler Bertuzzi. And I think maybe my expectations were unfairly low, but I just kind of thought he'd be like a grinder, you know, just kind of third, fourth line, running people over, being irresponsible and getting penalties. And he's really – I mean, he's still doing it sometimes. He can't help it, but he's really been cutting back and you can just see him maturing and, you know, making better, making better choices in terms of shoving <laughs> people. Um, you know, and, yeah. and if he takes a penalty, it's like, it's useful. You know, he's not yeah. just kind of blasting into people like he was kind of last season. And, yeah. you know, his offense, like his hands are a lot quicker than I thought. And if you noticed, I think, yeah, it was uh, on, last game he kind of for his assist he kind of kicked the puck like up to he was on Mm -hmm. one knee and he kicked the puck up to his stick and he made the pass and that was kind of overshadowed by the goal but I was like that's a really nice little move that I didn't notice the first time Uh, so I've been really pleased with him and you know I I want to see him stick around and and keep keep going especially because last year he was being set up by Zetterberg you know silver platter shots in the net now he's got to work a little harder for it and you know he's he's stepping up to it so it's been really great to see in terms of not living up to my expectations um you know i feel like the ones who haven't i already had really low expectations of them (laughs) you know so and it's not fair for like for someone like mike green who's injured that's not really fair to be like he was terrible Mm -hmm. last night um (laughs) but I'd say, I don't know, maybe even Thomas Vanek. I don't know what it is. And, again, might just be unfair judging, but I feel like he he was brought in to really add something, that veteran presence, and it's just not been helpful. I'm not seeing him, like, having, you know, kids on the wings and, and supporting them. And, you know, he's just kind of taking up space and not, like, adding anything. So that's been disappointing to me that he's either been bad or invisible when he's actually playing. I mean, I'm, I'm realizing now he's actually played a lot of games. I thought he'd been in like five games. I was wrong. <laughs> he's been mm-hmm. in like 12 games. So that just shows is I just want, I want more from him considering that he's taking up a spot that I want to see go to a kid. Mm. Now here's something interesting because for me, Thomas Vanek was going to be, my player that exceeded my expectations, but in a very specific way, um, because five V five, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, he has not been nearly as good as he was the last time he was in Detroit at even strength, but where he has exceeded my expectations has been on the power play. Uh, because 
this year for the website, I'm writing a, a weekly power play article, um, which I'm sure once we get to like week 20 of the season, I'm going to be like, oh, why did I, why did I agree? You know, why did I pitch this? But um, so far it's been fun. <laughs> um, and from watching, you know, going back and watching the shifts, you know, and, and several times and, you know, winding and stuff. One of the things I really, really noticed, and, and, and if you haven't gotten a chance, uh, you know, you can see it in, in the article that came out today, uh, you know, today being Wednesday, um, that he has, he's doing something that we haven't really had on the power play in a long time, where he is playing the net front, but he is, he's not just camping in front of the net. He's not just camping in front like Abdelkader tries to do where he ends up usually kind of blocking his own teammate's shot more than he helps screen the goalie or deflect the puck. Right. But so with Vanek, he's, he's in front of the goalie and then he pops out to the side and then he slides behind the net and sets up like last night, he set up Rasmussen from behind the net um, on that bang, bang play, but he's done that a lot where he slides behind the net and it's really effective. And on the Athanasiu goal, because this is one that I really broke down, uh, the, the power play goal against Winnipeg, right? So one timer from the, the left side of the goalie. Vanek um, basically comes back behind the net. Then he moves back in front. And as he's moving, he basically moves in front of the goalie just as Athanasiu is shooting it. But not only does he do that, as as the puck's going by him, he's already turning so that if um if if uh you know the goalie makes the save and it kicks out to the goalie's left, he's right there for the tapping. Um and it was one of those things where like you kinda have to watch it a few times to really see everything he's doing. So again, I do not disagree with you at all when we're talking five on five. He has been a big disappointment in that regard. Um so I guess I could kind of say he's he's both for me. Um, but my disappointment, I have to say, which which hurts me um, to my core, is Franz Nielsen, because it's kind of the same thing with Daly. He just looks so much worse this year. I I, yeah. I, I, I know he's I know he's he's out now with an injury. I mean, the only thing I can hope is that he he's had like a nagging injury and they're just going to let him rest and heal because something is wrong, something is off. I was hoping maybe he was sick or something, but he did not look like he has in the past. Not at all. Yeah, you're right. So I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. My my fear on those two, uh, in particular Nielsen and Daly, is, I, you know, you hope it's a nagging injury and not just these two are getting older and it's catching up with them quickly, mm. given, the, given the amount mm. of years that well, Nielsen in particular has left. Exactly. Don't remind yeah. me about Nielsen's um, contract. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you want, if, if you want a reminder, just just go into our comment section on any given day, and uh, <laughs> you'll read. I, I I'm I'm poking fun at our commenters. It, it's fine. Obviously, it, it is definitely something to be concerned about. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of something that is kind of less of a concern now, uh, Michael Rasmussen. We were we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with him because in. Going into the season, like during training camp, we kept hearing, you know, from from people like Craig Custance, who who usually knows what I mean, he, not usually, I mean, he knows what he's talking about, you know. So there's there's a reason he was saying this, and he was he was basically like, yeah, he is a lock, he is definitely going to make this team. Um, and then coming out of the gate, didn't really do anything, didn't really look like he was ready. Um, but 
as the season's gone on, he's definitely he's definitely improved. Uh, number one on the power play, he's been really good the last couple games that he's played on the power play. He's he's looked a lot more comfortable. He's done a lot better there. And the last couple games, he started to look better at five v five. Obviously, still has a ways to go. Still has a lot to learn. Um, and the team made the decision to uh, to keep him around past the nine game cutoff rather than send him back down to juniors. And so he is going to, uh, you know, this year is going to count as one year of his entry-level contract, regardless of what happens the rest of the season. Uh, th- the next cutoff is, is 40 games. If he plays 40 games, it counts as a year towards uh, arbitration uh, and free agency. So that's another potential cutoff where they might, that, you know, they, they could send him down, you know, they can send him to world juniors, et cetera. Um, so, Let's see, Sarah. So, what have you thought of Michael Rasmussen? What have you seen from him? Do you think that that was the right decision? You know, what do you think is going to happen going forward? Yeah, at, at first I thought it was the wrong decision, um, and I'm kind of coming around to it. I, my kind of sticking point was that you know entry level contract, and I'm trying to play like 4D chess about a Seattle expansion draft and placing pieces that I don't know about. Um, but then I put that on the shelf and just kind of have been watching him and he's gotten, you know, a little better every game. And I really think now that he's, he's hit 10, he's got his goal. You know, I think that there was, you know, a lot of pressure that he was feeling like, you know, I have to impress, I have to impress or they're going to get rid of me. But now he's here at least like you said, until 40 games. Um, So I'm hoping slash expecting that he's going to really be settling in now and, and not, kind of tensing up at all the pressure and, you know, cause he, he's really hard to read, you know, he doesn't smile or <laughs> emote. At all. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to like get a, get a read on him, um, you know, but it's been great to see him on the power play. And I think that's really helping um, also. And I, you know, like I said, I want to see that translate now to five V five, but the more time he gets the better, you know, if he's going to be here, there's no point in having him sit in the box, just, let him play as much as he can because I don't think he'll get anything from going back to juniors. Um, you know, he's, I, I don't want to see him in that like team Polkanen space where he just never is like, he's just stuck in between leagues and then disappears. And I not, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him, but something I'm wondering um, that either of you maybe can answer is, do you think that next year he would be in Grand Rapids? and they would just immediately, or do you think that he would be like still really in the race for the, the roster spot on the wings permanently? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, Josh, what do you think about that? That, that is a good point. Um, moving and I'll jump, I'll jump back there, but off that one, um, I think that obviously depends on how things go this year. And then, you know, who's on the roster next year, but let's say his production never really gets, gets going and he scores maybe a couple power play goals and ends up with under 10 goals on the season um, while still getting in 50, 60 games. Um, you know, you could see, I could see a scenario playing out where they, they, they try him out in Grand Rapids, but the, the problem being is who's taking his spot other than unforeseen free agents, who's coming up to knock him off his spot at this point, maybe a Zadina or, or someone like that. But um, I, I, I would I would hope that he progresses to a point where it's not even a question of sending him down, but if if he's stunted, I could definitely see the this team given how they 
they move prospects, sending him much like like Hicketts you're seeing here, sending him down and giving others opportunities. Maybe he can, you know, accelerate a bit in the AHL level and uh, and kind of gain some confidence there. Um, just going back to what you guys kind of built off, I think Sarah hit the nail on the head with, you know, I think these first 10 games, I'm sure there was a bunch of nerves from A, it being his first 10 games. He, in the NHL, he's making the jump from juniors to NHL which without touching the AHL, which is a, a huge jump. Um, and he knows that the team has to make a decision after nine games. So he's probably, you know, as they say, gripping the stick a little too tight and trying to make an impression to keep up here. And now that that's locked in and done, and he knows that he's more or less here for the season, you know, barring some exceptions down the road, um, you know, hopefully that loosens him about up a bit and we start to see him come around to even strength. Um, you know, I had a, a close eye on him in particular uh, last night's game when doing the recap. Um, I just wanted to make sure I kind of focused on him a bit and because I've, I've kind of said before that he's been a bit invisible to this point. And uh, in terms of on the power play, you know, his big frame out front, I think he is doing a good job. You saw him on that goal last night move well into position for that Vanek pass and put a good shot on. Um but as as you were saying, Peter, he's uh, he, you know I don't notice him much at five on five, good or bad. Um, it's it's you know you're hoping that you know eventually that picks up, but that, I think that's just part of the jump from going to juniors NHL to be noticeable at five on five after never having to make that jump as a as what you nineteen or nineteen year old. That's you know that's, that might be asking a lot even for a ninth overall pick. Um, that, that's that's my two cents on that in terms of. Uh, whether or not they should have kept him kept him up, I think you know choosing between the WHL and the NHL. The, I think I think the NHL is the only way to go there. Um, what he finished with in the in the playoffs last year there in the WHL, two or three points a game it, it was his pace. Um, I I don't think with his frame there was anything left to prove down there. Um, you know I think ideally uh, you would have liked to see him in the AHL, much like Zadina, uh, kind of get his feet wet there at the pro level. And, uh, but, you know, with that, without that being an option, I think this was really the only way to go and kind of trial by fire. And, you know, a few games in the press box here and there, I don't think is a bad thing for him. Um, you know, if he's up there for a few games in a row, I, I start to think that's a problem. But throwing him up there here and there and, and kind of observing others isn't, isn't the worst thing for his development. Um, I think one of the challenges for him is similar to Manta. I think he's going to get similar knocks where – you know, it's this big guy. Why isn't he using it to kind of dominate the boards? Why, you know, he should be winning every puck battle. He doesn't look like he's skating that hard. I think you're going to hear a lot of the same criticisms that Mantha's kind of had to deal with. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't want I, to say I that, but that. I agree with oh. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any, anytime you have a big player, you're going you're gonna to have that criticism. Um, but, you know, going back to Sarah's questions, I think it's really interesting. Um I think it, it's really hard to answer right now because a lot is going to depend on what happens the rest of the year. You know, does he kind of continue with what he's doing right now where he's showing signs of promise, but he's not really having like a breakout moment or anything like that. Um, then if that continues, then I think that increases the likelihood that, 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 that something like that could happen next year. The other thing uh, that's, that, that's impossible to know right now is, number one, you know, who's going to be our draft pick coming in? Uh, you know, if, uh, if we get a really high-end 
forward and, you know, capable of stepping right in and succeeding, that's obviously going to be, you know, somebody in his way. At the same time, I mean, don't, you know, don't forget Joe Valeno. Um, I think, you know, from watching him in preseason this year, I would not be surprised in the least if he makes a good case to make the NHL next year. Um, I mean, you also have Bergeron, who, uh, you know, it might take a little longer, but I mean, he's, you know, he's 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 one who's going to be uh, be pushing for a spot sooner rather than later. Um, so it's going to be interesting um, to see kind of what other forwards are, are available, either players that are already in the organization or players that that are added. Um, and of course, because it's Red Wings, you can never rule out uh, four free agent forwards being signed for next year. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly joking. I'm mostly joking. I, I really don't think that would happen, but you never know. You it's, hope uh, yeah. I think um, I yeah. Say a similar Go. case there might be, um, you know, the fear for harassment and abuse in there is, do, do we get a kind of another Svechnikov story where I think coming in, everyone maybe expected – you know, Svechkov would finally kind of establish himself a roster spot. And, you know, yeah, there was the injury, but he never really did much in the preseason there to warrant keeping him up. And you're hoping that uh, Rasmussen doesn't kind of follow a similar curve. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so so there's a couple other current things to talk about uh, before we move on to uh, kind of more philosophical question. But – Basically, we have Daniel Kaiser coming back. Um, now we have Vanek uh, out for two to three weeks, supposedly, because like last night uh, we were kind of getting conflicting tweets uh, from the beat writers. They were kind of basically saying the same thing, but in, with different words that kind of imply different things, uh, which, which <laughs> if you follow them, kind of happens a lot unfortunately, probably more than it should. Um, but Athens is currently out. He is probably going to be out at least the next couple of games, obviously, hopefully not longer than that. So the question I, I wrote when I, when I made the mailbag for today was um, who's going to get the call up from Grand Rapids. And, um, you know, we were thinking maybe, maybe Christopher N, you know, who, who looked pretty good in, you know, not great, but you know, he looked good enough that, you know, maybe give him another chance um, you know, there's a couple forwards that, you know, seem to, you know, maybe we should bring them up, but no, but no, that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> now I, 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 I apologize in advance. I, I don't know if it's Megan, Megan, does, do either one of you know how to pronounce his last name? Cause I, 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 I just don't no know. Idea. I've never, I've never, heard I don't know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know his, he was a person. So I, that I, 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 <laughs> I honestly, the, the truth, my, I, I feel like I know most AHL players. I, I don't remember ever hearing this guy's name. <laughs> the only reason now. I know his name, the only reason I know his name is because when I was looking at the Grand Rapid Griffins lineup, uh, you know, for their games, they put up the, you know, the lineups on Twitter, like the Red Wings do. And I noticed that there was somebody named Megan, uh, or Megan or whatever, again, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, centering Zadina. And so I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> you know? um, so I, I, I know a lot of fans are probably, probably wanted Zadina to come up just to see what he can do at the NHL level. I'm not surprised at all that he's not the one to get the call up. I think, 
I think he's not going to get called up until later on in the season. I think he's got to, you know, he's he's going to have to go on a tear in the AHL before they bring him up mm. because again, same thing, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to bring him up before he's ready. Uh, I know obviously we have this kind of, um, uh, I don't even know what, what to call it. You know, this fear of the term uh, over ripen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the idea that, you know, you know, we, we kind of gone so far that way in the past that like, if you leave him down there for a year, you're almost kind of like, oh, my God, we're doing it again. But, like, in his case, it seems to make sense. Like, I thought he was going to be dynamite starting the year. I thought he was going to be a lot better in the preseason, and he just wasn't. Like, he's he's going to be fine. He just wasn't ready yet, and that's okay. But, so, yeah, so we, we have uh, – so Wade, Wade Megan coming up, and apparently there's probably going to be room for one more, I think. Um, so – do you guys have an idea, uh, Josh? I'll go to you first. Do you have an idea of if they do call up another person, who who you think it'll be? Uh, sure. I mean, it's you know, I think if you're kind of saying that uh, the this first call up caught me off guard in terms of I had maybe two, three, four names I could think of. This was not one of them. Um, so I, I think with, like you were saying, with, with N would maybe be one based on that he held his own in the games he was up for. Um, depending on what you're looking for, uh, losing Nielsen, Vanek, Athanasiu, you're, you're talking about players that are, are supposed to be anyway, putting up goals. So you're looking more from a scoring threat, which, you know, I don't think, and is that type of player. Um, I don't think, as you were saying, I don't think Zadina is ready yet. Um, I'd have to check his stats. I know he got the two goals in that first game, but I don't think he's done much since uh, a couple of points, but nothing, nothing to write home about if I'm not mistaken. So I, I don't think it's, it's warranted to bring him up yet. I don't think it's, it's justified. There's, there's not a rush there to bring him up. I don't think um, one of the names I think is off to a hot start. Holmstrom, if I'm not mistaken, is, is doing pretty well down there. Right. So maybe, maybe a player like that, you bring up and in and see, see what he's got. Um, you know, uh, I think Megan, Megan there kind of fills your um, lifetime AHL role getting, getting their kind of taste of NHL time here. Um, so I think bringing up, you know, one of the kids, someone under 25 is, is the more justified move um, to fill another spot for whatever this is for four games, three games, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? I don't know. I've been thinking about this and I mean, my fear is that all of a sudden Brian Lashoff is going to show up for no reason. And I, that's just a fear that I have that doesn't, it's not logical, but that's what I feel like. Mm. Um, I was thinking um, maybe Dominic Turgeon, maybe, mm. um, and I kind of had Holmstrom in there too, because he's, you know, never quite met the expectations I had, but I'd like to see what he can do. And he's a center and it seems like centers are what we're always looking for. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm not sure. I guess it kind of depends on what Blashold does with the lines and who he decides is going to be a center this week. Mm. Uh, that makes it really hard yeah. for me to to predict. Because, uh, but I was I was really thinking it was going to be Christopher N. Also, um, he seemed kind of like the utility yeah. player for the year. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess and I'm gonna go with Turner Elson because I've never heard of him either, and so. <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, it seems to be the pattern. I mean, obviously I'm joking. I, I don't really know. I mean, if you look at their stats, I mean, Pumple 
is uh, six points in, in eight games, four goals, two assists, which obviously is, is, is pretty good. Um, Carter Camper is uh, six points as well in seven games, one, one, goal, three, uh, one goal, five assists. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Holmstrom up uh, or Turgeon just because, you know, they've been kind of the, the, the people that we've, you know, we thought were coming up in the past. Um, pretty much the only person I don't think is going to be coming up, like I said, is, is Zadina right away. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting because one person I'd really like to see get a chance up with the Red Wings at some point this season is going to be Sariardi. I'd really like to see him get a, a, a good look at, at the NHL level. Obviously, the problem with that is going to be all the people, you know, all, all the young defensemen who started off in the <laughs> NHL and have gotten sent back down. Like, it seems to be a, a fairly long line uh, at this point. Um, yeah, although, I feel like Sariardi's kind of always yeah. the bridesmaid. Like, he's, the, yeah. he's right yeah. there, but he just can't. He can't yeah. crack it to get that number one spot. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I think I mean, you know names like Sulak kind of came out of nowhere on him, and where Sierra Arvey was one of those ones you were thinking about in seasons prior, and then he's been jumped by these kind of other guys that uh, came out of nowhere on him. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason I want him to come up is I just want to see hockey Twitter like just have eighteen spellings of his name. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Mickey Redmond say it multiple <laughs> that times. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely that is something that that can keep us keep us entertained as the season goes on. Uh, because I don't know about you, I don't know about YouTube. But I remember probably the second half of last season just kind of started to feel like like just this march towards death, just like. <laughs> soul crushing you know you know just pulling the soul out of you as a yeah. fan like game like one game at a time and it, it, there's been times in the first 10 games that, that have already felt that way it's like oh my god it's starting already yeah. um yeah. but obviously the last few games have been a lot more fun uh but one thing that one thing that's interesting that i know we talked about on the site last like near the end of last year is this idea that as a sports fan, you always want to win. Like, like everybody wants to win. That's, that's how sports work, right? We want our yeah. team to win. <laughs> but we also know logically that right now, the way the team is set up, we really desperately need a really high-end player. And the the best way to do that is through the draft, right? So, Getting somebody like Jack Hughes or, I mean, obviously Jack Hughes is right now the consensus number one, but there's, you know, two or three other players that are going to be really dynamite top end players. And so we know logically that the best thing, like if we could just, if we could go into uh, NHL mode and just sim this season, like that would be fantastic. You know, just let, let's sim to the end, let's get our draft pick and then we'll start over next year. Obviously we can't do that in real life. So it kind of leads to this, this interesting philosophical question of like, how do you fan when you know that that's the case? Um, so Sarah, I'm going to come to you first. Cause uh, I went to Josh last time. So how do you reckon as a fan, how do you reconcile these two opposing, uh, opposing ideas? I think I do it pretty easily. Cause I'm never going to be on team tank. I just don't, have it in me to 
encourage like loss. And I think part, a lot of it is just, I can't believe that someone would train their entire life and sacrifice all their fun and their time and their parents' time and all their money just to be like, yes, we're going to lose on purpose. We're going to play bad for a whole year just so we can get good later. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Even if you said, do your job bad. I just like, eh, no, because I worked really hard. Uh, so it's just for me, I, I you know, I want to see them win, even though, like you said, logically, I do know, like, yes, if we lose, we get someone better. But I just don't want to see any more sad Cronwell interviews, sad Larkin interviews. You know, it's it's nice to have the people I like be happy in their lives. <laughs> I, I mean, that sure. it's, it's better than last year because it's not Zetterberg. That really hurts. Yeah. This is a little better. But, you know, I just – I want to see them win, and I'm always going to want to see them win whether it makes sense or not. I'll, I'll tell you, Sarah, there there were times last year where I'd watched the post game, and I was I was ready for you to jump out of, like, the bushes when Helene <laughs> asked uh, Zetterberg one of the, like, the really annoying questions. Like, I was like, oh, she's, she's there. She's hiding. She's lying in wait. <laughs> um, so, so Josh, what do you think? Um, it, it is kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, I think I think what I've kind of settled into on this is, like Sarah's saying, I, I'm never going to embrace a tank while watching it for kind of a combination of reasons. But the first being, you know, this this is the team I've been cheering for forever. Um, I'm not used to them being on this end of this, but uh, you know, I want. I want to see them win. I think what's interesting about it and what's changed now is that when they don't, I'm almost instantly over it when the game is over um, with kind of like, well, you know, this will be good long-term uh, in the moment. I'm upset to lose, but I don't, I don't carry it with me over the course of the evening anymore. It becomes moving on much, much quicker knowing it's kind of, you know, the writing is a bit on the wall in terms of the, the that they're going to rack up the losses this year. Um, you know, obviously the other part of this being is I think, I think if you if you full on embrace the tank and go yeah oh and eighty two or you know you love that that seven game losing streak there to start the season, um, you know the flip side is being obviously we it's been talked about is, you know there's no guarantee with a lottery, um, you know there, you want to be near the bottom to have a chance, um, but at the same time if you're that much worse off than everybody else and you're getting outclassed uh, game to game one player isn't necessarily going to turn that around for you that you're a lot further away from being competitive than a team that's, you know, in a mix near the bottom versus being clearly at the bottom. Um, so you want to kind of, do, you know, the, the youth that are in there, whether it's the Larkins, the Rasmussen's, you want them to be developing good winning habits um, even while losing uh, during, during a season like this. So um, I think, I think that kind of is, is the bottom line there is just you're still pulling for wins and the team to play well, but getting over it quickly when they don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to some of the Sarah said, cause I think like, like I, I totally understand like what you said. I understand the mentality there. The, 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 the difference that I think is, I think that there is like, I don't think the idea is that they would want to lose, you know, like, like we're going to go out there and we're going to try to lose or we're going to, play bad or on purpose or whatever. Um, but I think that 
the way that the way that everything's set up, like what I would what I would like to see, and, and I know you had mentioned this before, so I think we're I, I'm guessing we're on the same page. Is if we're gonna not be that good this year, and and I mean it kind of seems that way, then I'd rather see let's you know let's let's really focus on developing the young guys, and you know let's get more young players in the lineup. Like you know the beginning of the year we had you know, three, four rookie defensemen. I mean, to be honest, like as much as I want to see them in there, four rookie defensemen might be too much. Uh, You know, I think probably three is like a good number, but put them in the lineup. Yeah, they'll make mistakes. Yeah, it's going to cost us, but they're going to learn. And for me, like I'm totally okay with that. What I'm not as okay with is losing in a way that's not really going to help us in the future. And I think I think that's the thing that gets really frustrating, at least at least for me. You know, I don't want like I do want to get a good draft pick, but I don't want it to be at the expense of player development that we currently have, if that makes sense. And I think that's what you're saying with the go ahead, Josh. No, no, go ahead, sir. Uh, I think it was kind of goes back to what you're saying about the slow march to death. I think you called it uh, yeah. last season. <laughs> yeah. uh, I call it, I call it constructive losing. Um, you know, yeah. you're exactly right. That's what we don't want to see is all the old guys going out there, trying, failing, and then being sad. And that doesn't help <laughs> the future at all. That just makes everyone sad. Mm. Uh, but, you know, having, giving guys a chance to be like, you know, this is your, we're not going to throw you out here, you know, to the wolves to have you just get destroyed every night in the NHL, but we're going to show you what it's all about. And then you'll either see how outclassed you are and go work really, really hard. Or we'll all realize that like you're more ready than we thought. And that is helpful. Um, You know, but I don't want to go. And I think you agree so far as we've seen some other teams in the NHL kind of throw their rookies out there and they just get demolished instantly for, and then they don't, let them leave. They just keep them there and then yeah. it just crushes yeah. their confidence. Um, you know, so yeah. there's definitely a balance and, and we're just, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you guys both kind of nailed that where it's, you know, losing with, with youth in the lineup, it's, it's seen as a learning experience and, you know, there's development to be had from that. Whereas, you know, when it's when all old guys line up or veterans that aren't, you know, in a development stage anymore, it's, it's, it's just like watching them suffer, um, which, you know, isn't yeah. fun for them or us, right? So. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think we're definitely in agreement on that. Um, all right. So, obviously, we talked a lot about uh, the Red Wings. Um, but we are going to transition uh, a little bit. We, uh, we we got we got two things coming up in a minute. We got positivity corner, which is always fun, uh, and then we got our reader questions to close the sh- close the show out. But before that, um, as much as we love Detroit, there is other hockey going on. There are other teams playing. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but but trust me, there are. So what I'm going to do is, and, and you can take a second and think about it. Um, like if, if you need a second to think about it, I can jump in with one. Um, so what is uh, a storyline um, that is happening in the NHL that you are interested in following? Like you're really interested to see how it's going to turn out. Uh, so, so I'll throw it to either of you, if you have an idea, like I said, if, if not, I can, I can yeah. jump in. There's uh, one that pops out to me and I think, I, I, I've seen someone else mention it uh, somewhere in the in the Twitterverse there. Um, mm-hmm. 
I hope it continues is seeing personalities in interviews. It's, um, you know, I think there was the Kuznetsov one where he, he talked about it's too much work to be an MVP. You have to work 365 days a year, and that doesn't interest him. Uh, Doughty had uh, mentioned some things about trying to position himself in contract talks, and, you know, some of the things he was saying was to, to better position himself. I, I hope that's not the end. I hope we see more of the, the P.K. Subban personality types and things like that because hearing the – the same slogans from every player, every game, you know, it gets tiresome. It's an entertainment business. I, I'm not sure why this was never really embraced the way it maybe it finally is now. So you're saying you don't want to hear them talking about getting pucks in deep and uh, <laughs> yeah. something like that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly it, right? It's, just, it, it's almost shocking to hear them say something interesting, and I, I just hope this isn't the end of it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that one. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? Uh, one story that I haven't been following but that I, I really need to is the L.A. Kings. And I need to follow them because it's going to make me feel better about the Red Wings, at least yeah. for now. <laughs> I I don't know, you know, because I, I don't pay attention to the Kings because I don't care about them. And I kind of wonder if that's what happened. They realized no one paid attention to them for four or five years. So they just imploded completely, and now with, uh, I guess, Jonathan Quick is out for an unspecified amount of long time with a torn meniscus or some kind of knee surgery, but he's not anticipated to come back for quite some time. Um, and I just I need to look into this and figure out what is wrong with them, because if they're worse than us and the Senators, Something is going on. And I also don't want to be worse than the Senators, so that's work to do. But I, I need to investigate the Kings. <laughs> yeah, and um I'm not sure I'm not sure if uh if our listeners are aware of this, but um let's see, on uh June twenty eighth, two thousand twelve, the LA Kings team account tweeted a uh what has come to be a notorious tweet and, and it was it was especially fun for me and a lot of other people to retweet it today, uh, with the news. Um to clarify now, this is when they signed Jonathan Quick. To clarify, that's 10 years after next year. So 11 years in total of our goaltender being better oh. than yours. So the schadenfreude is uh, just <laughs> flowing through my veins. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if you're unaware of that, you're welcome, because it is, it is a fantastic <laughs> tweet to come back to. Um, I did not know that, that one. <laughs> oh, it, it's, oh, it's so good. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, because like, there's a really obvious one, but I'm trying to think if there's something else I want to talk about. Um, well, maybe as I'm talking, I'll think of a better one. But, I mean, I, I'm, I, I still am interested in the Nylander situation just because it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens there um, because of and, – and I it, I, I really like Kyle Dubas. Obviously, he's not our general manager, so I don't like him as much. But like, I think he's I think he's a smart guy. I think he's uh, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and has you know some really good ideas. But I really am wondering if uh, his quote, I think it was this summer, is going to come back to haunt him uh, when they asked him like you know are you going to be able to keep Marner, Matthews, and Nylander? He's like absolutely, or like you know he's like I guarantee or whatever he said. Um, because it's not really looking so good right now. Um, and, and plus then you have the whole, 
uh, the whole idea of players not taking what they're worth to help out the team and like most of the time that doesn't really work out. I mean, every now and then it does, but it doesn't really work out a lot of the times. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. Um, because as we, as we've seen the, um, the Maple Leafs certainly have a very scary power play when they have everybody healthy, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see them crash and burn. If they end up doing it, uh, it's going to be really fun reading Leafs Twitter after being having to be annoyed after the Tavares signing for about a month. So uh, that's going to be that's going to be really fun. Um, so you know, whatever. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. It's it, it is funny to kind of see the the two sides of it, right? You know, when when things are going well, it's it's oh my god, I can't escape it. And then when hmm. things are going poorly for them, you kind of just embrace the the terrible headlines everywhere of how the sky is falling. The sky is falling. We haven't scored four goals in a game since three games ago. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we can only dream to have problems so good. I mean, the scary part there, the Nylander situation is, uh, I I hate to say it, but that team has been so lethal so far. And then you just add one more weapon in the, in the arsenal. It's scary to think what they, what they can do. Um, and it's uh, it's certainly kind of an interesting time to be. Uh, I live here in Ontario, so um, you kind of see it see it everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Um, I got lots of friends who are Leafs fans, so you know when I see it as a whole across Twitter, it, it's it's tough just to see all the Leafs praise and the greatest team ever assembled. But on a uh, individual <laughs> basis, I have lots of good friends where, you know, this has kind of been a long time coming for them. I, 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 have, uh, I have a friend who probably watches 70-plus lease games every year and has been doing so even when they were putting out terrible teams. So for, for guys like him, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. And then just as long as you avoid the, the, the Twitterverse uh, when, they're, when they're doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, we have our our uh, one of our fav- favorite segments every episode, Positivity Corner, right? So this is when uh, we go around and we say something that we are positive about, something that we are happy about, and it could be about the Red Wings. It it, it doesn't have to be. Um, it could be pretty much anything. Uh, so, Josh, what do you have for us for Positivity Corner? All right, positivity corner. Um, on a hockey-related note, uh, let's, let's, I got uh, Rasmussen's first goal. Uh, you know, it's that's that's great to see, and hopefully he kind of builds off that. Um, and kind of going back to something we we start with at the beginning of who who's impressing. Um, just more and more of Chalowski here. It's just you know the more and more rope he gets, he seems to be doing better and better, and I I hope that that trend continues. That's been that's been the the gem of the season so far, I would say for sure. Sure, uh, Sarah, what do you got? Uh, so, I'll have a fun fact to start. Is that okay. I just found out that Rasmussen lives with Larkin, like how Larkin used okay. to live with Luke Glendening. So it's like it's his role mm-hmm. model. Larkin is like the father now. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, a, oh boy. A, yeah, like a side a side hockey note is I will be seeing my first. Grand Rapids Griffins game games plural in person in mm-hmm. two weeks and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's awesome! 
Uh, I've never fantastic. been to Grand Rapids, I, um, and I've never seen the Griffins. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, same here. I've never, I've never done either. So that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to that, and that's, uh, and I, 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 I definitely look forward to hearing about, hearing about it after. Um, positivity corner. Uh, let's see. Well, on a Red Wings note, I'm going to say I'm positive that we've won two games in a row. I had forgotten what it was like to score more goals than the other team, and we've done it twice. So I'm starting to remember. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, and on a non-Red Wings-related note, but on a still hockey-related note, um, my copy of Sean McAdoo, a.k.a. Down Goes Brown's uh, book came yesterday. Um, I forget off the top of my head what the title is, um, but it's basically like uh, how, great the, how great the game of hockey is and how dumb the NHL is. It's, uh, it's a history of the NHL, and um, Jay and I were, were lucky enough to get to talk to him uh, on, on the last episode, for sure, and he's you know, number one, super nice guy, but uh, he had a lot of awesome stories to tell us, and I'm really excited to uh, to dig into that book. Um, all right, so as, obviously, as as you have realized at this point, uh, an hour into the show, uh, JJ is not with us tonight. Uh, he was he was going to be, but then he realized that he uh, th- that we basically scheduled the episode for Halloween, and uh, he wasn't able to 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 join us because of uh, father duties for for Halloween. So we have our reader questions. Um, so I'm going to hopefully do a good job of filling in for JJ as your uh, reader question reader. Um, we don't have a lot tonight, but we definitely have some good ones, uh, especially we have a nice, at least one nice Halloween themed one. Uh, so here, let's dig into it. All right. So this first one, uh, this first one's kind of a minefield, but um, let's see what you want to say. Uh, so the first question is from K, uh, K Stenji. Uh, Stengi, Stengi, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, who is your least favorite personality on the FSD crew, and who is your favorite? I, I, I have a favorite. I, that's an easy one. Mickey is the easy favorite for me on that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that's a, a fairly common one. Um, I'm going to sure. have to think for a minute on least favorite, though. I'll, you can circle back to me on that one. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because it's like my least favorite is kind of also my most favorite. Um, Sorry, John Keating. I I love you, but uh, it's it's uncomfortable (laughs) when he's talking. And Ozzy, Ozzy looks like he wants to be anywhere else in the world. You know, the Death Valley, (laughs) outer space. He wants to be anywhere else, and he and I think. Keats takes a lot of like joy in seeing how uncomfortable he can make Ozzy feel on camera. And that makes yeah. me uncomfortable, but I also love it. <laughs> so it's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a mixed, a mixed love hate thing. Like I, I wouldn't want to live without it. Um, but I also don't enjoy living with it. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because um, as like, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Like, like I, it kind of hurts me to say it because like, I don't, I don't dislike any of them. Like, it's not like I'm like, Oh my God, I hate this person. Like I can't stand this person. Um, but I, I do, I do, I do agree with you on, on John Keating in that, um, I both love and hate his terrible intros. <laughs> like his, you know, cause you know, you know, he sat there for like a half hour and tried out like 15 different versions and it's always something right? like in the news, you know, um, he's like, 
Patrick Line likes to play Fortnite. It's been a fortnight since we played Winnipeg, <laughs> you know, like or something like that. It's like you're on the too one hand, good at that. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Why are you so yeah. good at that? <laughs> like on the one hand, like it's funny, but not in a funny way. Like it's funny in like a oh my god, I can't believe he just said that way. Um, no, I'm gonna throw out a reference here, and I don't know how many people are gonna get it. If you if you don't get it, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, so this is like a like a WNYW, uh, which is like a New York, uh, like a local, uh, I think it's like a local Fox News, um, like not Fox News, the national one, but like a Fox uh, affiliate in uh, New York. And there's a, there's an anchor. I don't know if he's still there, but his name was Ernie Anastas. And in the middle of a segment, he basically said, and I know we can swear on this. I just, I'm, I'm so used to not doing it. He basically said, keep effing that chicken. And everybody looked at him, and you see this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. And, like, that reminds you, like, the way John Keating looked, <laughs> like you said, when he knows he's making Chris Oscar uncomfortable. So if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. Uh, it will come up immediately. Um, and, and, Josh, I definitely agree. I mean, Mickey Redmond's fantastic. But for me, my, favorite's, my, uh, my favorite is Ken Daniels. Um, and, again, that doesn't mean I don't like Mickey, but I really, I really appreciate Ken Daniels. Uh, especially when we hear some of these other, uh, you know, play-by-play guys, uh, you know, just, just appreciating his professionalism. Um, <laughs> although the other day we did get to see him uh, without a shirt at the beach. So, um, but yes. you know, when he's on the mic <laughs> doing the play call, he is, he is definitely a professional. He's awesome. Um, and, and I really appreciate his, his, his skill at it because it's, it's, it's not easy to do well. Um, the next one is not a question, but thank you, Shotgun Farmer, for, for your comment. Um, again, not being a jerk, it's just, it's just not a question. So, um, Okay, so this is from Smith 55 um, What to watch for? I live out of state. I usually have to order the NHL team package on a streaming service in order to get coverage. Is it worth it this year? Or should I just take this season to catch up on Westworld? <laughs> what do we think? Um, well, you know, I live I, out of state, I think, and so does mm-hmm. Josh. Uh, Peter, yes, do you right. live out of mm-hmm. state? Do you live out of state? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I have NHL TV, and I pay for it every year, and I will continue to pay for it no matter how bad things get. So that's my vote. Watch it <laughs> to the bitter end or the surprising <laughs> wind yeah. every once in a while. Uh, Towards the <laughs> end of the death time. march. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I very much agree with that. Yeah, we, I order the package every year, and I guess my question being is, it, did he order it last year? Because if, if you made it through last year, there's at least kids in the lineup this year to kind of <laughs> watch for. Now, there, there's more to watch for this year than maybe there was last year outside of Zetterberg. Sorry, that that would be the one exception. Yeah. Well, and, and plus, at the same time, like you know, if you get without yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still watching without Zetterberg. There's no excuse for anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I would say like, you know, as you know, get the NHL TV package and then follow, follow Sarah's tweets and you'll get to see sparkles and hearts and unicorns. And it'll make like, even if the team's not doing well, it'll make you happy. Um, It'll make you happy. It'll make you laugh. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I I mean, it's a little weird because like I kind of have to have it um, because, you know, just like all of us, I mean, uh, not so much this year as last year, but you know I, I write recaps uh, just like you guys do, and um, 
you know, uh, like I, I want to go back and, and do GIFs and, you know, clip, you know, clip things for articles and stuff. So I kind of need to have it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, same thing, you know, cause it's, you know, you can watch other, you can watch other teams too. You know, if, if for some reason you're just like, oh man, I can't watch the Red Wings right now. I just, I need to take a break. Well, then there's, there's other teams you can watch, you know, and then come back to it once you kind of, I don't know, gotten over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So next question is from our sizzle because it's an exclamation point. So I always want to say it that way. So I'm going to, um, all right. So I'm trying to figure out, cause like, this is, this is funny the way it's written. And I don't know if I can convey it orally, but I'm going to try. Um, when the Kaiser comes back, who comes out of the lineup with Vanek out for two to three weeks and after the CU possibly out more than a couple games, who gets the call up from Grand Rapids? Nope. Scratch all that. Tell us why Wade Vegan is going to be player of the game. <laughs> um, I guess I, going back to maybe the original part on, on the DeKaiser one, uh, who comes out of the lineup uh, on, on the defensive end. I think, I think the realistic answer is you look at someone like a Jensen, uh, but it'd be kind of, uh, I would expect some sort of rotation where maybe Cronwall takes a game, Erickson with some sort of long ailment. Um, but what I would, like I was saying before, I would maybe like to see his daily take a seat for a bit and see if that kind of resets him. Um, mm. On the other non-scratched out end of that question, uh, me, how, how does Megan get player of the game or why? Oh, because it'll just it'll drive everyone nuts when the guy no one's heard of comes in and explodes for a two or three goal game and then stays up while, while everyone else, uh, all the other kids have to stay down because of the hard work and time he's put in in the AHL. I mean, who knows? Maybe he can also play defense. That, 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 that's <laughs> replace the lineup. Coaching. Yeah. So, uh, sir, do you have an, an answer for why he's going to be player of the game? <laughs> well, he's left-handed, so he's already off to there a you great go. start. He's uh, he's over he's over six feet tall. He's okay. over the age of twenty-five, but he is mm-hmm. under two hundred pounds, and I think that's really grit value. Maybe too low to be player of the game, and he's not from Michigan. <laughs> He's from New York. Uh-oh. Ooh. So is Jimmy Howard. So, oh, okay. So he's, like up, he's like upstate New York, which is practically Toronto. So he's basically a Maple Leaf, and the Maple Leafs are really good. So that is why uh, <laughs> Wade Megan is going to be a player of the game. There you go. Ipso facto. Uh, it's, that, that, that's the truth. All right, moving on. E-N-S-R-W asks, what is your favorite Halloween treat to pass out? Um, let's see today, um, a big hit for us was, was Play-Doh. The, the little ones go nuts for it. They, they, you put that in their bag and they just run, run screaming back to their parents. So excited that they got, they get Play-Doh. So I think that that's a winner. Interesting. I've never heard that. Huh. I didn't know yeah, that me was either. a thing. Yeah. There's huh. uh, at the store, they got these, uh, these little containers now they're like little mini sized Play Doh containers and the, the the kids go nuts for it. Well, I'm really sad because I've never had yeah. trick or treaters ever because uh, I grew up in the middle of the woods and now I live in an apartment that doesn't have trick or treaters. So I have, and I don't have anyone at work who like comes trick or treating to my office. Although I went trick or treating to someone else's office and tried those hot Skittles 
they're actually pretty good. So that'll be this year's <laughs> Halloween treat for me. I, I, I'm guessing the hot means like spicy. Yeah, that's like the new thing. There's all these candies now that are trying to be like red hots, so they're like cinnamon oh, okay. now. Oh, gotcha. For a second, I was like, I'm, I'm guessing it's not temperature. <laughs> that, that was weird. <laughs> that that I did would the same be thing. a little stranger. <laughs> it's like, well, you take your Skittles, you uh, you heat a soft pan <laughs> up to uh, medium heat, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, we used to live in an apartment complex where we had a decent amount of trick-or-treaters and now we live in a house and it's not like we're in the middle of nowhere, but we're not like really in uh, the the path of like a lot of people walking by, I guess. So last year we bought like three bags of candy and we were all ready and then like nobody came. And uh, so this year we bought one bag of candy and I'm pretty sure nobody came. So I get a bag of candy. Yay. Uh, it's funny because, like, this question reminds me of, uh, you know, every year, like, like this is not my idea, but I saw it today on Twitter, where um, every year they have, like, a news article about, like, oh, my God, somebody's going to give your, your kid candy filled with drugs. Like, somebody's like, if somebody has drugs, they're not going to pass them out to kids. They're going to use them. It's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, man, I, I, got, I got all this marijuana. You know, should I smoke it? No, I'm just going to give it out to kids. Like, I mean, it makes no sense. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, I just had to share that because that just made me laugh today. Um, you, you guys know how it is. Like, like the way the world is, like, we really need to laugh uh, about, I don't know, once every five minutes to stay sane. So um, we're, we're getting near the end. Uh, we have uh, we have from our, our community moderator, Rarpar, we have how long until the Hicketts Mafia makes enough backroom deals to get him called back up to Detroit? <laughs> Uh, well, I have safety of myself and my loved ones not to speak on the uh, Joe Hicketts Mafia and all my theories okay. about it because I am not immune from Joe Hicketts. <laughs> he could be anywhere. He's so okay. small. Yeah. He could be in your backpack <laughs> exactly. right now, and you wouldn't even know. So, but yeah. I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be back because people get hurt, whether mafia related or natural causes. Old guys get hurt. <laughs> I, I think we'll see him some more this season. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Trevor Daly yeah, fell on the think, stairmaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Sarah Sarah is the expert there on the, on the Hicketts Mafia. Uh, <laughs> in in speaking on on Hicketts himself, yeah, I think you know it's just a matter of when, not if we see Hicketts coming back up. And uh, you know, there's there's always a soft spot for the the small undrafted kid who's kind of worked his way in. And uh, you know that's a that's a story you want to see see that kid succeed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as, as you were talking about this, like I started picturing like I was trying to like picture what the Hicketts Mafia looked like, and I started mentally picturing the like the Oompa Loompas, um, and I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think that's right. And so now I think that the Hicketts Mafia is basically like a series of like CGI characters all played by Andy Serkis. Um, so I think that's that's the Higgins Mafia, and and like you said, you never know. You never know where they're going to be. It's like Gollum; they could sneak up behind you, right? You never know. Um, and but in all seriousness, I agree. I think he's going. I think we're going to see him back up. Um, I think he last year he definitely deserved to be up longer. Um, this year, I 
it's not that he played bad. I just don't think he stood out as much as he needed to. Uh, you know, like we were talking about before, like, I mean, Chalofsky basically made it impossible to send him down. Um, and Hicketts didn't do that. And I, I still think Hicketts can definitely be a, a you know, a, a good NHL defenseman, um, but didn't really show what he needed to show so far. But I, I think he definitely has potential to, uh, you know, to, to, to come back up and, and to do well. Uh, so we have we have two more questions left. Uh, the 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 second to last one is uh, from Al the Octopus, and can you pass up this discount? The Stephen Weiss jersey is now only six ninety nine. That's six dollars and ninety nine cents on NHLShop.com. That's seventy five percent off. Tempted yet? I'm waiting for it. But wait, there's more. All right, follow up. Will NHLShop.com successfully move this inventory before the buyout cap hit ends? I think the, the answer to the second question is no. Um, so, so, so are, are either you thinking about buying a Stephen Weiss jersey for $6.99 from NHLShop.com? Uh, someone's follow-up comment was saying I had to make sure you were joking. I thought the same thing. I, just, I was, if, if that was at all real, I was going and purchasing one right now. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a must-have for the collection. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm still holding out for the uh, Valtteri Filppula Winter Classic jersey for the Winter Classic he didn't play in. With the red one. <laughs> there you go. Oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm holding. I'm holding out for for that to to knock down to under ten dollars. I think we're almost there. I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> certain if, if you go back far enough in my timeline, there's there's a tweet somewhere in there bragging about a Stephen Weiss overtime goal, and I I maybe should go back and look at deleting that of how ironic it looks now. But it's, it's uh, I I will get the T-shirt to vouch for it. Oh yeah, like uh. Earlier this summer, I went back and I looked at like my tweets from the like my very first tweets, and they were the most, they were so embarrassing. Oh my god, I was like, what was I thinking? Um, and, and, and it was weird because I, I had the same same thought when I looked at the tweets that I had last night. But um, okay, so <laughs> to close out, we have uh, our our uh, fellow writer Mike Bremer has a, a good list question, right? These are always uh, the, the heart and soul of, the, uh, of the, uh, the mailbag questions. All right, so here we go. I was at a Halloween party with the Wings the other night, bragging, but they were in costume. Can you help me identify them? There was. All right, so here's the list. All right, so we can kind of go around and, and jump in and see, like, you know, what we think is the best person for each one. All right, Frankenstein, an evil brain surgeon, uh, a sexy devil, the Invisible Man, and of course, Gritty. And, and, and obviously he says, did I miss anyone? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious who Gritty is, right? Yeah, are, are we all think thinking so. Wachowski, or is there somebody else? Yeah, See, think, you, yeah. you may be thinking Wachowski, but I have an alternate yeah. theory, obviously. Okay. It's me. So I think yeah. this is actually an invention of Nyquist. I think that he and Larkin constructed the costume around Michael Rasmussen while he was sleeping. So Ras woke up as Gritty, and he just went he just went with it. He didn't know what to think, but he just said, okay, this is who I am today. And he's been Gritty for, like, he's going to be Gritty for the next week. That's my theory. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I, I just realized I don't follow. How do I not follow Gritty? 
I, I had to look because I, I remember he had a really good tweet today where I think Kim Kardashian tweeted like something about uh, she's going to have more bikini pics. And he's like, ooh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gritty. <laughs> oh, gritty. Okay. So, uh, sorry. So, so continuing on. Um, do we do we have all right? So so so, so which ones can we identify here? Oh, is is Manta a Frankenstein? I I there's there's something about that frame, and if Rasmussen is is secretly gritty, it, it's got to be someone like Manta for Frankenstein, right? Well, I was thinking Erickson. I am, ooh. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm going to go a different up. way on here. I'm going to go a different way on here because it says Frankenstein and not Frankenstein's creature. So I'm going to go with Blashill, right? Because he tries (laughs) to create something and it ends up blowing up in his face. So I'm going to go with Blashill for for Dr. Frankenstein. That makes perfect sense. And it's related to that bald spot above his ear. That's driving me crazy. Exactly. I can't stop seeing it since you mentioned it. (laughs) I think you were the first one to point it out, and I all I can do is see it now. <laughs> mm. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's, this, this goes all back right, to your so... gritty. Your, oh, I was gonna say your your mm-hmm. gritty theory. This lines up is is Nyquist the sexy devil? <laughs> He's kind of got that that look. He's got that look. Mischievous. He's always mm. he just always looks like he's up to something. Like I don't even know if he's mm. the sexy devil, but he's definitely the one on your shoulder that's like, yes. Yeah. You should dress up as gritty just every day for your job interview. <laughs> you should go to your job interview as gritty in a suit. <laughs> and you would do it oh, because it's really convincing. Yeah. <laughs> An evil brain oh, surgeon. Jimmy Howard. No question. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, that, that was, those eyes, those eyes behind yeah. a medical mask, that's the last thing you see. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, like, the same note, like, can, can we add, can we add uh, Chris Osgood in there as an alternate for the same reason? Yes. He's like the other <laughs> yeah. end. Jimmy is the, like, I might bite your nose off, but Ozzy just looks yeah. at your soul. Like, he's going he's gonna to take it through the TV. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's the guy in those it's those serial killer Halloween movies where you're like it's obviously Jimmy and then it's not yeah because it's, it's the easy <laughs> <Yeah>. choice. We're <laughs> um. <sighs> missing the invisible, invisible man. Oh, I'm gonna say Vanek. <laughs> Going back to the the earlier theories on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say Vanek. <laughs> Again, as long as as long as this party isn't happening during the power play, uh, I think Vanek is the invisible <laughs> man. Fair. Well, we all know what I'm going to mm. say, Nick Jensen, because I always forget that he exists, and <laughs> I, I want to remember. But he's he's invisible, but he's doing good stuff, invisible while he's doing it. So he's he's a good yeah. invisible man. He's one of the good guys. Yeah. Or I mean, now we can kind of add uh, Jacob De La Rose. Like, did, did you remember he's on the team? Because I didn't. Yeah, where did he? <laughs> there, there I and I always yeah. like, wait, is Roulette back? I was like, is Roulette back? What's going on here? Oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I even wrote the article just, about it. I totally forgot about him. 
it's uh, <laughs> he, it's funny they slotted him in there like what they say was like it, on this chart it showed like the second line, and yet I don't recall seeing him almost at all throughout that game. <sighs> all right, but so now we'll be here forever. That, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's kind of wormed his way in. He's not going anywhere. Uh, speaking speaking of spooky thoughts on a Halloween night. Um, all right, so that is that is the end of the mailbag, and that brings us that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, so before we close it out, uh, any last uh, hockey related thoughts, Red Wings related thoughts from either of you? I just want to win. I want to win tomorrow against the Devils. It should be their worst day because, like, they used all their energy on Halloween being being evil. So, yep. let's get win number three. Let's get three wins in a row. Just, just even if it never happens again this season, I want it now. I want my three wins in a row. I'm ready. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, that, oh, sorry. Just uh, yeah, I think just no, okay. yeah. Just let's let's keep rolling the 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 kind of positive play along here, like, and leave those those Bruins and Hab games in the, the rear view mirror a long ways away. <laughs> Losing's fine, but let's uh let's keep keep those one sided affairs that are over in the first period a long ways away. So um let's see. But yeah, I agree. Let's make it three and uh we won't get cocky and go for four or five. Let's start with three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it's like, you know, four is right out. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> So 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 um my my last uh, hockey related thought is uh I just thought of a great Halloween costume that I could have done um and it could have been uh a Taylor Hall jersey and I could have gone as the devil you know cuz he's the only player you know <laughs> on the team. So uh Are you sure you're for, not uh, John for Sarah- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for Sarah and Josh, this is Peter And uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you again really soon.